Hello and welcome to the Zip Files, a weekly technology news catch-up show. Your eyesight, it's the only eyesight you've got. The written word, it's greatest adversary. The war simply isn't worth fighting. Spectacles are expensive. Turn to your ears, make peace with your eyes and give them some respite. No longer will you have to read tech news. I'm here to do it for you and convert it to audio. Put on some thick socks, take off your coat and relax. The next 20 to 25 minutes, all you'll be needing are a set of ears. Magic Leap, a company that is developing augmented reality goggles, has raised an additional $461 million from investors led by Saudi Arabia's sovereign investment arm. This takes their funding to over $2.3 billion, a fair chunk of change for a company that hasn't even released a product yet. Why do Magic Leap need so many dollars? Because they are trying to build the full-stack augmented reality solution in-house, not just the hardware, but the software also. An extremely ambitious feat that is costing them $50 million a month. Wow. Thankfully, it seems they are nearly there and plan to release the first iteration of their smart glasses this year. I'm pretty excited about these, even if they do approximately nullify my chances of finding a girlfriend. You go on holiday, you're with your mates, it's exciting. You get out your GoPro, stick it on your head and film it. Rad. A week later, you're at home. Damn, Uncle John really (laughs) popped off that jump. You must have got like 12 centimetres of air. Rad. Don't even talk to me about Francesca skiing backwards. Damn. (laughs) So you rip open your laptop, boot up Movie Maker and stick all the footage together. But it's missing something. So you head on over to your favourite musician, hashtag Taylor Swift, grab their song and whack it in the background. Radical. It's ready. You upload it to Facebook. Ten minutes and two likes later, and you're slapped with a takedown notice. Your video contained copyrighted audio. This was once the experience of many a budding videographer, but no longer. In a move to re-engage young people, Facebook have signed a spate of licensing deals with the world's largest music labels. Users will now be able to share song. Z. <laughs> Songs up. Why has Zuckerberg done this? It's going to be expensive, right? Yeah, it will be, but it makes sense. The most shared piece of content on Facebook last year was the Despacito music video, or rather, a YouTube link to the Despacito music video. Facebook want to repatriate this content to their own site and profit from it. Clever. What kind of cult would you like to start? Okay. Okay. Change of, <laughs> okay. Change of tone to this conversation. Um, what kind of, like a a traveling cult? Can you have that? <laughs> well, like be a traveler. As in, <laughs> yeah. in, in a in a group of people I really like. Yeah. And just we could be like a sun cult, and we're just obsessed with the sun, and we like follow it wherever it is in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that would be pretty cool. You'd have a lot of vitamin D at least. Yeah, it would be healthy. Ah, 
It'd be healthy AF. There might be quite a high rate of skin cancer there. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's consequences to everything, so... It's true. Good things hurt. (laughs) Yeah. This is what Jamie always says to me. He's like, name one thing you enjoy that doesn't have negative consequences. And I'm like, God, you're a joy to be around. (laughs) (laughs) Again, not a good week for Snapchat. Amongst plans to bring the company to break even by year end and address the technical debt which it has accrued over the years, Mr. Spiegel, uh, you know, the bloke who leads them, is laying off just over 120 of the app's engineers, a number that represents about 10% of the engineering team. Even with this move, no one really believes they can reach break even. Last year, Snap lost $3.4 billion. On announcement of the layoffs, the stock price went down a little. Google have revealed that its machine learning library TensorFlow is being used by the US military. This is a surprising development for a company who have consistently rejected working with the military throughout their history. In this instance, the TensorFlow library is being used to sift through drone footage and assist with object recognition. Google claims that this use case is non-offensive, but it doesn't take the world's greatest imaginer to imagine this AI tech then being used in automatic weapon systems. This new partnership might have something to do with the fact that ex-Google big dogs now sit on the Defense Innovation Board, which advises the Pentagon. Alexa Laugh a voice command easily triggered by mumbled conversation that causes Amazon's semi-AI assistant speaker thingy to lose her mind and chuckle maniacally. A terrifying thing to behold, and unnerving for those expecting the imminent arrival of AI overlords. Amazon say they know what the problem is and they're fixing it. If you want Alexa to approve of your jokes, then in the future you'll have to ask more definitively. Alexa, can you laugh? This phrase will trigger fewer false positives, Elon was happy and tweeted, Every time Alexa laughs, an angel dies. So thank goodness, ellipsis. (laughs) Welcome to this week's Long Listen. Chickens migrate to Mars amongst fear of corn reprisals. Teeth clean your toothpastes. Spiders have seven legs and one arm. The Earth is a globe. Fake news. It's everywhere nowadays. It's modern, it's popular, and it's a problem. And like all problems, our best chance of solving it is by working out what's causing it. The spread of true and false news online was published this week in a journal called Science. Its MIT authors analysed over 3 million tweets made between 2006 and 2017, coming to a pretty worrying conclusion. Falsehoods diffused significantly farther, faster, deeper and more broadly than the truth in all categories of information. This can't be true, Evan. Tell me for the sake of my future robotic grandchildren this isn't so. Well, well, I'm sorry. The study is a good one. Its process is thorough and scientific 
The researchers used six top fact-checking websites to identify every major contested news story that has come up over Twitter's history. They then used privileged access to search through all of the tweets relating to these news stories. Truthful news simply can't compete with its false counterpart. Fake news was circa 70% more likely to be retweeted than real news, spread to 1,500 people six times faster, and had a profounder reach. What do I mean by that last bit, profounder reach? There are two ways to get to 10,000 retweets. A Maximus biggest person with a lot of followers posts a tweet. Let's call it Tweet A. Their followers see it and retweet it. Tweet A was broadcast to a large initial audience, and whilst successful, was successful in a shallow way. Tweet B, on the other hand, originates from a smallest, unpopularest person without many followers, but one of their followers retweets it, and one of their followers retweets it, and so on, until it gets to 10,000 retweets also. Here is the important bit. Tweet B was ostensibly broader in its reach than Tweet A, appearing in the feeds of people with a greater degree of separation from the original tweeter. Interestingly, Tweet A's route to success is typical of true news, and Tweet B's typical of fake news. So that's what I mean when I say that fake news has a profounder reach. It goes deeper and spreads farther. Tweet B went viral in a way that Tweet A never did. In August of 2015, a rumour popped up on social media that Donald Trump had allowed a sick child to use his plane to get urgent medical care. A rumour that was true, but one that was only shared or retweeted by around 1,300 people. In February of 2016, a rumour surfaced that Trump's cousin had passed away, leaving a plea to the American people in his obituary. As a proud bearer of the Trump name, I implore you all, please don't let that walking mucus bag become president. A rumour that was false, but this time feverishly spread by the Twittersphere. The story was shared 38,000 times and grew a retweet chain three times longer than the sick child plane real story. So, why is fake news eminently more shareable? The MIT researchers settled on two hypotheses to explain the success of fake news. Firstly, it's more novel and humans are attracted to novelty. Real news is all over the place and we're likely to have seen or heard it before. We already know that Petty Falou makes our bones grow stronger. Mama says Petty Falou has my bones grow stronger. I'll show you. <laughs> Boring. Falsehoods, conversely, tend to be significantly different from what we've recently had floating around our news bubbles. So we think, wow, that is novel. A me-clicky retweet. Secondly, fake news generally makes use of more emotive language. It arouses stronger emotions and thus is likely to have a higher level of engagement. The researchers used a top-tier sentiment analysis tool to find this out. Tweets professing falsehoods, they tended to use language associated with surprise and disgust. Tweets professing fact, they tended to use language associated with sadness and trust. But Evan, you say as you crack a wry smile. Bots, mate. It's been all over the news. Bots stoking the spread of misinformation on social media. Surely they are the main reason that fake news spreads faster. Well, not according to our esteemed friends at MIT, who found that over the tweet dataset, bots promoted both true and false news in equal measure. We can no longer blindly blame bots. 
We humans are the ones who most dramatically promote fake news, wittingly or not. We like shiny novel stories, and we most like the shiny novel stories that shock and move us. Our psychology demands that we find fake news retweet worthy. And once the fake news has been birthed, well, like anything that's been birthed, it's pretty hard to take back. There's little evidence that people truly reconsider their opinions once news is called out as false. Somewhere in our minds, consciously or subconsciously, we hold on to the falsehood. It contributes to our worldview. It has done its damage. The battle to cut fake news from our collective diet is just beginning. Now that we know our human brains are greatly to blame, the fight has only become more complex. Short of lobotomy, the prevalence of fake news is going to be hard to deter. Any platform that democratizes content production and then promotes that which is most engaging is at risk of stoking the flames of falsehood. No one really knows how to solve this problem. If you know, send help. In the meantime, lie low, grease your ears, and get your news from a reputable supplier. Which fictional character would be the most boring to meet in real life? The most boring? That's quite a strange question. <laughs> They're all strange. <laughs> yeah, but that's a bit of a weird one. Also, I, I don't read books, so I can't really think of any fictional character. Uh, I don't know, the hungry, hungry caterpillar. Why? I don't know. He, he just eats. All right, thank you. You're bored, you're queuing, you're waiting, you're meant to be working. You take out your iPhone, it's like a compulsive twitch. Our Apple emblazoned smartphones and all of the apps on them are designed to addict us and they're doing a worryingly good job. A small group of computer science students staged a protest this week outside Apple's offices. 69% of adults check their iPhones hourly, 50% of teens feel addicted to their iPhones. Apple is in a unique position to quell addiction as its iPhone is the gateway to addictive services, whilst its business model doesn't actually rely on addiction. The suggestion? Apple should implement an essential mode, something easily switched over to that only allows calling, texting and photo stuffs. To me, this sounds pretty good. But then again, I could just go back to my Sony Ericsson. Don't say such thing, Evan. You stupid hound. Apple all through the day keeps the shakes away. Violent video games get a lot of flack, and I can definitely see where their detractors are coming from. Arbitrarily hit and running innocent digital pavement users in games like GTA doesn't feel like a healthy thing for the human psyche. On Thursday, Trump hosted a White House roundtable with video game CEOs and representatives. His line of attack, violent media causes violent behavior. Gunning down avatars in games leads to gunning down human beings in life. Maybe, maybe that's true, maybe in part, but in my opinion, not really. If this was the case, then we could expect America to be just like everyone else, 
but it's not. The US makes up less than 5% of the world's population, yet accounts for 31% of global mass shooters. You know why, America? It's because you all got loads of guns. Please get rid of the real guns and think of the digital ones later. It's sometimes easy to forget that China is a country where banned books and blocked websites are the norm. It is a nation increasingly censored by its socialist leadership. With the revelation this week that Xi Jinping will put through constitutional changes to allow his indefinite presidency, we can only expect censorship to intensify. But surely he'll have the opposition of the Chinese tech titans? No. In fact, he'll probably have their support. Actually, he'll definitely have their support. The country's great firewall has served to promote homegrown internet players and allowed them to grow enormously in the absence of their Silicon Valley counterparts. Even if morals come into it, who would want to risk their business by upsetting the emperor? Expect a lot of kowtowing. If you could know the absolute and total truth to one question, what question would you ask? Uh, I quite like the idea of knowing what happens to you after you die. Uh, I know that sounds a bit weird. I'm not religious, um, but I don't know. I like the idea that there's that you don't just disappear forever. I quite like the idea of there being something that goes on. Not that I know what it is. Or what would you what would you like that afterlife to look like? Just. I mean, cheating a bit, but just life again, but in a more <laughs> cash, dreamlike sense. Lots so, of sunshine, mates everywhere, everyone just knocking back, enjoying themselves, having a couple of largies and Jaeger bombs. You know, <laughs> don't, don't need to work. You can just hang out on the beach, just chill out. No. Amazon have long been expanding into different industries. Now they are coming for banking, but this time they are looking to partner with the entrenched players rather than burn them to the ground. Amazon are in talks with big banks like JP Morgan Chase about creating a checking account-like product that the online retailer could offer to its customers, the advent of which could help reduce the fees Amazon pays to financial firms whilst giving it access to a heap of data on people's incomes and spending habits. The Amazon machine edges onwards. Are sieves innately feminine? Do cutting boards resonate more with women? Are grills girlish? The answer for all of you wondering is no. However, a study has revealed that an artificial intelligence algorithm learned to associate women with the kitchen. The consequence of the software's review of 100,000 labelled images that were more likely to contain a kitchen woman than a kitchen man. The work carried out at the University of Virginia was amongst a host of studies to show the ease by which AI can develop biases. In this case, gender biases. The solution? Be careful about the data you feed AI and start hiring a more diverse group of people to work in the sector. All right, folks, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this week's installment of The Zip Files. 
If you got a singular micron of utility from listening to this audio-based tech news catch-up review, then please consider sharing the zip files with your friends and enemies. Many thank yous. Until next Sunday, enjoy your venti cappuccinos and have a great week. Thank you.